Hi, I'm Hannah. And I'm Tori. And this is Wait Why. Welcome back to another episode of Wait Why. As always, excited to have you guys. It's kind of crazy now that we're done with the career series. It's just me and you again. I know. We will have other guests, but yes, it is. It is is. sad, but exciting that we have come to completion. I know. It was really fun to do and to talk to so many people. And yes, we'll still be doing interviews, but I feel like a little less often. Like, I feel like that was a big bulk of interviewing in a row, but it was awesome. I had so much fun getting to know all those people. And like, I was thinking last night, I've like changed so many tiny things like here and there from like tips these people have given us. Like even Awade with her like natural candles was telling us like what materials we should be burning, like soy and not like the paraffin waxes. And so I've been like Um, even changing my candle burning. It's just been an experience learning so much. Yeah, that's funny. I actually have a candle going right next to me. As you were saying that, I had to double check, but it is soy. (laughs) So we're good. We're good. I have a bunch of candles around me though. Um, That was a good point. Is there anything else that you've taken away from the career series? I'm trying to think. I feel like, um, I don't know, just a lot. I feel like from talking to so many people, like with Jake and John and Joy and uh, Awade, they all are very like about mindset and how important Mm -hmm. mindset is to career. Um, And I think that's just a big takeaway I've had is that like a lot of it is having positive energy that you're putting into like work, your career, your business, like staying positive and really recognizing that your goals are realistic. Like tell yourself they're realistic and it can happen. It's a lot about mindset and manifestation I found. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely agree. And along those lines too, I think that all of them have been very adaptive. So whatever the climate of the situation changes, they adapt to best fit their needs, which has been really um, a great takeaway as well. So I think those are both really good points. Yeah, absolutely. It was a good time. Good lessons learned. So yeah, what is going on in life? I feel like we need to hear some life updates. Um, well, I know I told you yesterday, but for everybody listening, I caved and I bought the Apple Watch. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm jealous. I'm gonna be next, guys. Um, I know we've Hannah and I have had matching watches in the past, but I I love having a watch. Like I always want the time on me. And my last watch had like the tides, which was really nice. And I used it for like um, just going underwater and stuff. And this time I was really wanted something that could track like my fitness. Right. And I did a big comparison um, of all the watches. And ultimately my friend Kelsey, who we have on on the podcast in one of our bonus episodes, she swayed me because she made a great point, which I did not think about. Um, I was worried about getting the Apple Watch because it was going to be connected to my phone and it was going to be on my person. And I was worried that I was going to spend more time glued to my phone because I had it. When in fact, it's really been the opposite. Last week, my screen time went down 50%. That's crazy. That's <laughs> honestly a huge improvement. Yeah, which is crazy. Um, I was like, I think my average was an hour on my phone for the whole day, which was amazing. That's so good. Yeah, it was really good. And um, it's because I just put my phone on the charger. I just leave it in the other room. And then if I get a text or call, like it's all on my watch. But I'm not like scrolling on Instagram or getting distracted like on my phone with Pinterest or anything like that. Like it's strictly just the necessities, like going back to old school, using a phone for just what a phone is. So I really like it. So nice. And also like our first episode this year was about like cutting back on screen time. So you've clearly been committed yes. to that goal. Like good for you. Yes. And I've been running more, which is nice because I am not, I don't love running by any means. <laughs> yeah. Um, but since it is fun to like track it, I have definitely been running more. So wait and see what's coming. Um, but wow. also Pella, the biodegradable phone cases, they also make an Apple Watch band too, which I ordered. So along the lines of sustainability in this episode today, um, they also have those as well. So I didn't know that, but until recently. So anybody who has an Apple Watch, they have them bands as well. That's awesome. I'm so excited for you. It's like, get this watch and your life changed. Like, wow, you're selling it. (laughs) I know, right? Maybe I shouldn't be such a big advocate. Apple. (laughs) 
You're literally like, I don't use my phone anymore. I work out every day. I'm biodegradable in my watchman. So like everything's perfect. I'm a whole new person. It will change your life. Oh. Literally, I'm freaking sold. <laughs> I know. That's what happened when Kelsey was explaining it to me. I was like, say less. I'm buying it. It's in my cart. Yeah, you texted me and you're like, I think I want an Apple Watch. And I was like, shut up. I'm thinking the same thing. And then you pulled trigger first. So, I mean, I know it was I, funny. it's going to happen for sure. It was funny because I texted you that and then you came back with like the logical answer. I was like, yeah, I want it for like tracking more of my fitness. And you're like, well, there are other things out there. Like, why do you compare your options or something like that? And then I was just like, I bought it. <laughs> I bought it, yeah. <laughs> like coming in with a voice of reason. And I was just like, no, 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 no. <laughs> The, honestly, if I hadn't been thinking about getting an Apple Watch, I would have been like, yeah, do it. But because I had been thinking about it and going through those things, I was like, I don't know, Tori, will the Fitbit be enough? Yeah. But yeah, every honestly, everyone I've asked, Fitbit or Apple Watch, everybody says just get the Apple Watch. Yeah. I mean, it, it, to me, it was scary because like, I don't have a huge source of income being in grad school. Like, I'm still trying to pay my way through grad school. So it was a big purchase for me. Um, not gonna lie, I used my stimulus check to buy it, but <laughs> it was hey, really keep yourself. That's the point. That was the point of the stimulus. You used it right. Well, I, d- I did use the majority of it to pay for school. So, oh well, fifty-fifty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then besides purchasing an Apple Watch, I have been helping my mom and my stepdad um, redo their master bedroom in their house. Oh, nice. I didn't know that. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. And you know me, I love interior design. I love decorating. Um, but one of the challenges, so we actually did this all yesterday. My mm-hmm. mom called me into her room and she's like, oh, I've been thinking like, I want to change up the room, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh my gosh, like our household, like we are constantly doing projects. <laughs> like my grandpa is super handy. He's always been doing woodwork. He works for General Motors on cars. Like he is very handy and it's kind of just been passed down through the generations. And yeah. so we already have like three other projects going on in the house. When my mom said this, I was like, oh my gosh, here we go. Um, and so she got a new bedspread and like new pills for her bed. And we kind of just used that as the theme. And so that was the only thing new that we bought. Um, and since it was a Sunday, I was like, we have so much stuff left in the house We have, like, leftover paint, leftover, um, like, stain for wood and stuff like that. And so I was, like, why don't we just try and use what we have or, like, move things around. Like, we have so many, like, tchotchke pictures and decor. Like, why don't we just try to use what we have? And we ended up using um, leftover paint. We finished, like, the tiny little spit of the gallon, which is nice because I feel like when you paint, you never use the full thing. All of it. Never. Never. And so that, like, just finishing the paint in itself was a big win. Um, And so we ended up just using what we had, and it really, like, it transformed her room. We're not completely done with it yet, but it was amazing that we were able to just, like, oh, take a picture from the family room or take this or, like, reorganize things. And so going along the lines of today's episode of sustainability, um, it was really cool. It was fun not to just, like, immediately run to the store and buy something new, but to, like, kind of, like, figure out and problem solve like what should we use kind of thing yeah I love that I really love that I kind of want to see pictures because um not that I've been in the master bedroom many times like literally only once but I can see it being transformed into a better like better than it was for yeah sure. and oh, this is the thing like I am so bad at taking before pictures because I just oh, get totally. so eager and I jump right in and I just start doing and then I only take after pictures so that's all I have. <laughs> Great. Perfect. Well, you can take during pictures, I guess. Yeah, that's true. But I maybe we can post them on the Instagram. I'll show you guys what we did. Yeah, you should. Your designs are always so cool, like with your trailer and the office that you did at home. You have a very good eye for interiors. Thanks. I feel like it's such so. like a side passion hobby of mine. Yeah, which is awesome. Like, think about when you have your own house. Oh, it's going to be so fun. I can't wait. I'm, like, dreaming of the day. Like, I would totally do a fixer-upper. Yeah. yeah, I know. I could see that for you. So yes. cool. One yeah. day. Anyways, before we go on the tangent of design, what's been going on in your life? Um, My life, my life. Um, I was just in Ohio again, as I so often am, visiting family. Um pretty chill trip nothing much to report um I guess I will share like some big news that I mean we've known for a while but um I 
am going to be an aunt in August. Woo. I can't believe you're sharing this on the podcast. Yeah, I mean, it's shareable news now. It's out and about. Um, I really, everybody knows. Um, it's not really a secret anymore. So, yeah, there's a little baby night coming August 2021. The due date is August 3rd. Um, but I think it's going to come early. Yeah, you just have a feeling. I just have a feeling. I think it's going to be born on, like, the 29th or 30th. Also, they aren't, they don't want to know the gender, which is why oh, okay. I'm not saying any gender terms they don't want to know so yay exciting stuff um I feel like I might be one of the most excited (laughs) but you know it's it's a big change for our family and um you know coming in the wake of my mom passing it's all just very interesting timing and the weirdest thing is that due date August 3rd is exactly a week from my mom's birthday seven days yeah that is crazy it's like full circle so it's it's also very possible. There's definitely a possibility this baby is born on my mom's birthday. Mm, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, we will definitely that would be crazy. see. I feel like and that would be kind of weird. Yeah, it would be really weird. But yeah, so that's on the horizon for the fam. Um, and yeah, I feel like that's the biggest thing to report from home. Yeah. I mean, that's um, pretty big news. I'm over here like, oh, we're yeah. decorating the bedroom. You're like, I'm going to be an aunt. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, it's like I said, it is big news. I've known for a while, like I've known since last year. Um, so it's just exciting to finally like announce it, I guess, and like be able to tell people and, yeah, you know, it's not like, it's not the secret anymore. Mm-hmm. So you can buy so many so baby clothes too. I know I'm, you have no idea how hard I'm trying not to buy. Things. I would do it. Like I'm really trying not to go overboard and like, we're going to Disney this upcoming week, um, and it's going to be hard not to buy a bunch of kids' Yeah, stuff. I don't know what it is, but kids' shoes are the cutest things to me. Stop. They make me emotional. <laughs> Why are they so cool? For our viewers, if you don't know, cat's feet and baby shoes make Hannah very oh. emotional. Oh, my God. Cat paws? <laughs> like, if I look at pictures of cat paws, like, I will They cry. are very cute. Our friend Mara, her cat pumpkin which is like an orange oh. cat. That's the cutest cat paws. I've definitely cried at pictures Mara has posted. Stop. You're so, that's ridiculous. <laughs> they're just like so cute. Like they really make me feel that's something. Funny. Yeah. Tuck's monstrous <laughs> claws and paws do not. not His Frito feet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, dogs' paws are not as cute. It's yeah. not the same. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm excited for you. Honestly, like. I did not grow up babysitting, so I have not spent that much time with an infant. Oh, really? I did grow I At one point in my life, I was babysitting. It was a nine-month-old, a three-year-old, and a six-year-old. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot. Terrible, terrible range of ages, let me yeah. tell you. I, it was rough. That sounds very rough. I Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I had one scarring event, babysitting an infant. With my sister. <laughs> but your sister was the infant. No, 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 no. I guys, only would have been oh, 18 months. We're only 18 months apart. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I was like, that makes no sense. Why would you? No, have no, no, no. Charge? My sister and I were both jointly babysitting this infant. Not that's intentionally. Right. Like, we just got it thrown on us. But yeah, I won't share that story because it's kind of scarring. And we have okay, a lot to talk so- about this episode. Yeah, so I will say, like I mentioned, next this ne- next week, it's literally this week, we're literally leaving tomorrow uh, for Disney, um, because Thursday is my stepdad Randall's birthday, mm-hmm. and Thursday is also Earth Day, which is basically why we're here today to talk all about sustainability. We're really just going to, like, talk yeah. about it and, like, our experiences. I mean, Tori is literally has a degree in this, so. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, we have a good source right woo. here. And also, the day that this comes out, it will the next day will be Earth Day. So tomorrow is Earth yeah, Day. Yeah, so this, yeah, tomorrow is Earth Day, if you're listening on the day that it came out. If not, this is confusing. <laughs> anyway, um, so the cool thing about um, Earth Day, or well, like, I guess, so last year, it was the 50th anniversary of Earth Day, and my tenure with the Smithsonian, like, really a big reason they hired me on for that time was because they did this really big um, 
50th Earth Day celebration, they were supposed to host an Earth Optimism Summit, uh, which ended up being going virtual because of COVID. Um, but I was signed on to work on this map of just ocean optimism stories like all over the world. And it, the whole point was to put out like positive Earth messaging on this 50th day, 50th Earth Day celebration, because a lot of like the environmental news we get is negative and it makes people not want to act right. kind of. It's like that hopeless feeling. But the Smithsonian is trying to put out all this Earth optimism messaging because there are these positive things happening and we can feel just as good about the positive things as we feel bad about the negative things, yeah. you know? Like we can read those good things and be like, oh, cool, that's a step I can take or, oh, cool, that's working. It's just a good way to like enforce that like there is a point to sustainable. Absolutely. I'm so happy you brought that up. That is probably the number one thing that I have struggled with. Um, So I did my undergraduate degree in sustainability and right now I'm studying environmental policy. And so learning about stuff every single day can be honestly kind of depressing. Um, And so I think that's one of the biggest things battling is trying to find that positivity um, and just keeping, again, that positive mindset. So I'm super happy you brought that up. And the Smithsonian, that sounds like an amazing resource. Yeah, um, you can actually uh, still watch last year's summit, like if you're that interested in sciencey stuff. And it's not all sciencey. Some of their speakers were actually artists. And it was very cool. I'm pretty sure if you just Google smithsonian earth day that's still the first thing that comes up um so yeah that was very cool but i definitely understand a lot of people who are super educated in sustainability it's so easy to be cynical i think um my brother was an environmental policy major as an undergrad and i think it made him super cynical like i think it like literally changed who he was as a person but that's a whole different story yeah it's very easy (laughs) Um, to do but i do think there is kind of it's I don't know if this is going to be a good comparison, um, but just like, you know, when any like big event happens, there's always like this cycle of healing process. So like with grief, you have like your seven stages. I feel like something is, it's kind of similar to learning about um, like sustainability or like climate change or any of the environmental issues. Like you go through this series of emotions. So like, yeah, the yes. denial, the anger, the sadness, like, yeah, 100%. I actually think that's a really Yeah, good and, like, the more you learn about it, hopefully you can move. Because I think that cynical stage, I think that it's really, really common. And the more that you learn, I think you can eventually grow out of that stage and turn more towards that positive mindset. But it is really difficult to make that transition between those two. Right. I think it just comes down to recognizing that this is a huge, huge problem. Like climate change and what's happening to the environment is a massive problem. And like, know that you don't and you can't take, you don't have to and you can't take it on on your own. But I think what I've come to is that like, all I can do is like live my best life, my best sustainable life, like do my practices and hope that that's enough for other people to want to do things or I mean I just feel like as long as I'm doing my best that's really all yeah, I can do definitely and I think that that's one of the things that honestly I get a little bit frustrated with is the whole idea of the concept that oh one person I can't make a difference or it doesn't matter what I'm doing like it won't change anything like I think that that is one of those negative mindsets that it's easy to get stuck in Um, But as consumers, I know we talked about this with our voting episode, as consumers, like we make thousands of decisions of purchases every year. And if we view each choice as a decision to include sustainability in our mindset, we can make a thousand impactful decisions. So like one of the examples, um, like this weekend, like, oh, we didn't decide to go out and buy new paint. We decided to look at our inventory, see what we already had, what was usable, and pull from there. So, like, that was one simple decision, but had an impact on the environment. So, every single day, you can do something. Absolutely. And I've talked about this before as well, I think, like, on my Instagram. Because I follow, like, and I'm sure you do, too, a lot of different, like, sustainable or, like, conservation groups on Instagram. And, you know, sometimes I have seen places like or like Instagrams like that post that individual choice doesn't matter. We need to be influencing government and business and rah, rah, rah. And 
I get that. I totally am behind the full eco activism side, but I don't think that doesn't mean individual choice doesn't matter. I think that's ridiculous to say almost. And like you were just saying, every choice matters. And when it comes to big business, all they want to do is make money. So if we stop buying something, it's going to shift the market. It's as simple as that. Like, um, like Snapple, for example, started making more plastic bottles instead of glass. And people got really upset about it. And then they went back yeah, to doing more glass. I definitely see that perspective. So. And like, this is one of the topics. I'm glad that you brought it up that I've debated multiple courses. Um, and I definitely see that perspective. I think that there's a lot to it. Um, and like you said, I do think that it's a bottom up and a top down approach. Like it has to come from the industry and oh. also should come from consumers. Um, I don't think that, that the blame should fully be on consumers. I don't think the blame should fully be on the industry either. Um, and right. so I think it's definitely a both. There is a lot more contribution coming from the bigger producers in the industry for sure. So when you look at it from a number perspective, it's easy to say, oh, individual action doesn't matter as much. And yes, we do have influence over the market, but only to a certain extent. So in order for it to be successful, right. it has to come from both ends. Plus, as an individual, um, holding companies accountable is a huge way to help, but also like showing your support right. might be something that might be a little bit more feasible for you. So making those smaller choices might be something that's a little bit less of a daunting task for you to take on until you can work up to those bigger things like uh, protesting or signing a petition or lobbying for a, a right. cause. So I think that it really depends on like where you're at in your life site or life stage and what's going on around you. Yeah, I think that is an amazing point. It's both a top down and bottom up approach. Like it has to be everyone together for this problem to have a real solution yeah and it's so funny because i we literally debated this in my class this week <laughs> yeah oh wow <laughs> On yeah and it's, it i mean it like anything it's a discussion so there's always going to be multiple sides right. perspectives um and viewpoints as well right um okay before we get too much into our chit chat i know you've got some earth day facts to give us like I'll give you my only fact that I already gave you. Last year was the 50th anniversary of Earth Day, which means that Earth Day first started in 1970. Yeah. So now we are on our 51st anniversary, which isn't one you particularly celebrate like that. But anyway, Earth Day. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to say um, a lot of people might not know the origins of Earth Day. <clears throat> and so, as you mentioned, its birth was in 1970, April 22nd. Um, but it was a remarkable movement. It was the start of the environmental movement, which is marked, but we really primarily celebrate. And on that day in 1970, over 20 million Americans participated. So they were on the streets, they were rallying, they were doing um, activist movements across the country, whether through in schools or universities. Wow. And it was one of the largest civic events in human history. That's yes. amazing. And That's it started amazing. in America, which is pretty cool, too. Um, and then within, like, around 1990s, it moved to be more of a global movement. Um, but I think it's just really cool to see how it started. And when it started, activists didn't fit a specific group. Um, so it encompassed right. lower income. It encompassed the wealthy. It encompassed Democrats and Republicans. So it was a issue that kind of unified a lot of groups mm -hmm. wow i wonder what happened <laughs> things really changed so um yeah it's a, it's a pretty remarkable um event. and so i just wanted to put that in there because i think a lot of people don't necessarily know what it starts yeah where it started from yeah. um, but it primarily came out of uh human health concerns so how mm -hmm. pollution was relating to human health and human welfare. And then from there, it kind of tied in the realization that we need to take care of our earth in order to ourselves, take care of yeah. ourselves. And so it did start with kind of a little bit of like an anthropocentric um, right. mindset. But the important thing is that it got people thinking of this connection between planet yeah. and people. Wow, that's so cool. I don't think I knew that the turnout was like that. I mean, 20 million Americans and then the diversity of that, that's really something. 
Right. That's really cool. Yeah, I definitely agree. Which is, I, I wish I could have been there for the first year. I know. Today. I wonder if uh, Randall remembers. I should ask him. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, yeah, he's definitely older than the first Earth Day, so <laughs> I won't lie. I mean, it wouldn't make sense if he was born in 1970. He would only be like 40 right now. Um, yeah. No. <laughs> but what was like, oh, so EarthDay.org is where um, you can get more info on Earth Day, and there's also like a bunch of little quizzes. I didn't take any of them. Tori, you think you've taken some of theirs before, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure in, in during my undergrad, I had to take one. Yeah, so they have some fun quizzes if you're into like seeing how sustainable you are, how much you know about ocean pollution. I don't know. It looked cute. I didn't try any, but it could be fun. <laughs> if you're looking for, if you need fun yeah, Earth Day activities. Yeah, I was say, if you're looking for a way to celebrate, just go to earthday.com or .org, earthday.org. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, I give them the wrong, wrong address. We'll link it, probably. Lord. Yes. Also, with Earth Day 2, they also have um, a section on their website that has all the events listed for Earth Day. So if you are looking for an event that's close to you, you want to celebrate, they have a lot of virtual events. They themselves are hosting their own virtual event on April 20th. Tomorrow. Oh. Um, which is actually, yeah. Ooh, this, mm, will be, this will be dated. Our podcast. I bet you, though, late. that it's very, very, very likely they record it. So yeah. check it out. It might be on the website as a recording. Yeah, still a good resource to look into. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I want to just jump back into some sustainability stuff. I actually have some questions that we can both answer. Um, okay. But I'll like ask. Yeah, this is. I was going to say, I'll just ask them to you and I'll answer after you do. <laughs> Okay, perfect. Yeah, I'm glad that we're doing these questions because I know when you and I had talked about the idea of this episode, we didn't want it to be like the classic, typical cliche, like here are 10 ways you can help the environment or like just really like those yeah, basic. Like, kind of, we like, all know about grocery bags and reusable water bottles. Like we're going to go a little different here. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we want to take a different approach and hopefully offer some insight that you maybe haven't been too exposed yeah. to yet. And I also will say um, that really speaking more for Tori, um, Tori lives a very particularly sustainable lifestyle. I try, um, but I really feel like Tori does a really, really good job. So I feel like her insights will be really good here. Oh, thank you. That's so sweet. I feel like I could do a lot. I think you do <laughs> super well, though. I'm always impressed um, with your efforts. So, Okay. First off, what is a sustainable practice that you find it hard to stick to? Oh, okay. Um, I think I have two. So I find it hard. Um, so in years past for like New Year's resolution, I set out to like not buy any clothes firsthand. Mm. And I did that successfully for a full year with the exception of like two incidents. Incidents. Um, and this year I've been trying to do that again and I have been struggling, especially working from home and having access to my computer, which means I have access to all the online stores, my mind can imagine. Um, so I'm finding that hard too. I wish I could, the fast fashion industry is a really big, uh, contributor to emissions and I'm really struggling with that to buy sustainably, um, especially keeping my budget in mind. That's probably one of them. And then my other one is definitely my food consumption. And I know you and I have talked about this, Hannah, too, but like going out to eat or buying a lot of food that is maybe not the best quality. Um, it's wrapped in a lot of plastic. So and that has a big, big impact as well. And I know at my parents' house when I come over, when I'm here, um, they waste a lot of food because they don't they just put leftovers in the fridge and then let them sit and then throw them out and so that's been another big thing that I've been trying to work towards yeah I the food one is hard I think maybe that's what I'll say for my answer is like it's hard to stick to eating super sustainably um I'm a pescatarian I don't know my diet's really weird but basically I do still eat fish in addition to being otherwise vegan um and I just watched and I know you just watched and it's out there on Netflix this new documentary called Seaspiracy and 
even after learning about how unsustainable like all this fish catching is, I still have a hard time not ordering it because going out to eat, it's like that's always one of the best options is going to be the fish option. And like living in Florida, you feel good about eating fish. So that's a big one that is like especially recently. But for food in general, since COVID started, the amount of takeout I've been doing is so bad and i'm really 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 trying to cut back um on all the waste from takeout containers it's yeah. so bad <clears throat> yeah. i know a big reason i fell into getting takeout so much was like after my mom passed like everyone knows like people bring you food like it's historically hard to feed yourself after someone passes mm-hmm. and so i started relying so heavily on uber eats like insanely heavily and just this month, I've really started to put in the active effort, like you have to cut back. And I think it's going pretty well this month so far. But like looking back at my Uber Eats history, it's like embarrassing. It's it's a shame. It's really a shame. I know. Hannah read it back to me the other day. And it was like every other day, sometimes like three in a row. But you're doing great now. You are on a really good streak. I've only so I'm proud of you. ordered twice this whole month, which is like I seriously was ordering almost every other day. Yeah, that's like, that's outstanding. Yeah, so that's a Um, big thing I want to cut back on. And I think with COVID in general, a lot of people might relate to doing a lot more takeout. Oh, yeah, I definitely agree. I think a lot of people can relate to you as well. Um, And I I feel your struggle too with being a vegetarian. Um, A lot of times, often when you go to a restaurant and they have all these meat options, the only thing you really can eat is seafood. Right. So I agree with you there. Um, I... I'm glad that you brought up Seaspiracy, but also kind of not, <laughs> just because it is such a big topic, and <clears throat> I did see it, and I still am not sure 100% where I stand on it. Um, the documentary was really compelling. Of course, it showed a lot of things that like initiated that shock value right. reaction. Um, and I know that they've gotten some backlash, too, from the scientific community just because they've used facts that weren't up to right. date. They used facts from articles that got um, basically recalled, in a sense. Um, so I think whatever your view is with that, I would just encourage you guys to do your own research um, before you decide to take any action there as Absolutely. well. And I was going to say about Seaspiracy, um, to me, Seaspiracy is a lot like the movie Blackfish. So Blackfish came out and people were enraged, obviously. It's upsetting, the shock values there, all of that. Um, but same as Seaspiracy and Blackfish together, they're extremely one-sided movies. Um, there are always two sides to an issue. And I think in these movies, they're not showing you. They're not, there's no balance of the argument, which is something like as a science journalist, we specifically learn to do like at least introduce Uh the other perspective in some capacity. Um, And both those movies don't do that. So like in the case of Blackfish, yes, terrible. SeaWorld holds captive animals in spaces that aren't appropriate. They make them do things that aren't natural. However, SeaWorld has done so much to educate the general public about ocean conservation and ocean animals. And they've also done a ton to raise money for organizations like legitimate organizations like World Wildlife Fund, who do a lot for the environment. So it's hard yeah. to be like, screw SeaWorld, close them down um, because there's a balance. And same with Seaspiracy, like you were saying, there are articles they were referencing that are out of date or have been recalled. And like you were saying, you just have to do your own research. And I mean, know that there is almost always a balance of facts. So, right. And yeah, and that's one of the main goals of being a scientist is to remain objective. Yeah, you're always learning. You're always learning. And that's the other thing about science that I think is important to like people who are climate deniers is science isn't like nothing is ever almost officially proven. Information changes. We have new technology and things like information can change to an extent, but that doesn't mean you should be skeptical. It means we're learning more. And as an environmentalist, as a scientist, you need to be open to that, I think. Yeah. And oftentimes, whatever the stat or the figure or whatever you're looking at is for a very specific set of conditions. Mm -hmm. When reading statistics and facts to just be mindful that 
whatever the experiment was, it was created under a specific set of conditions that may not be applicable in all events and all timelines. Yeah, absolutely. And then one thing I do want to throw out there, which I haven't looked at in a while, but I've previously known it to be a good, reliable resource. Um, A lot of big aquariums talk about this research. It's called Seafood Watch. Um, Oh, yeah. And it it taught it kind of like breaks down the sustainability of different fish and like how they're caught and like basically what's best to eat. Um, So I haven't checked them out in a while, but Seafood Watch has historically been a good resource for updated information about that kind of stuff. So maybe check them out, check out Seaspiracy, form your own opinions. But yeah, I do think that was an interesting um, documentary to come out because I mean, you do hear so much about like land agriculture being so terrible so yeah I don't know working see I also have a different perspective too working in aquaculture right like we were farming fish in a very sustainable way we farmed it in a greenhouse we which didn't which was built on top of soil you know like it didn't impact the land at all it was in a recirculating system um so the water was never coming into contact with any discharge and so there are really sustainable techniques. And I know in the mention or in the movie, he mentioned that there is no such thing as right. sustainable commercial fishing. Um, but Farming. I mean, like, if you guys look into Superior Fresh, they are one of the biggest aquaponics facility in the northeast. <clears throat> excuse me. My voice, of course, my typical podcast episode voice crack. It's got to happen once an episode. Um, <laughs> But yeah, they're one of the biggest aquaponic industries and yeah. they also grow greens and it's a beautiful facility. I would highly encourage you guys to just look at their website. Um, but yeah, they, I mean, it's land-based aquaponics. So there, there are sustainable means. Yeah. I was really surprised when he was like, there's no way to sustainably farm fish. I was like, wait, I thought that was the move these days. Yeah. But I do think that there is some truth to the aquaculture that is, um, based in the ocean oh yeah that's that's the bigger concern in my eyes for sure yeah so but yeah do your research guys all right so that was only question number one (laughs) (laughs) perfect okay what's the number one thing you wish or think everyone should do towards a sustainable lifestyle um I think that this kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier I feel like shifting that mindset like shifting a mindset is one of the hardest things to do, whether it's anything in your life from you want to lose weight, you know, or being more active. Like that's not something that changes overnight or you want to be more positive. Um, you want to take more of a leadership role. Like all of those things involve a change in your mindset and your thinking process. The same thing goes for sustainability. And so I think that if you can just start to slowly incorporate okay, I have this coming up, like I have a work event, for example, Um, I should, I need a new outfit or here, maybe this is better. My sister last weekend went to a wedding and she needed a dress and didn't have one. And so I was like encouraging her to borrow from a friend rather than go out and buy new. And so just taking all these little decisions that are so normal and part of your life and just incorporating sustainability into them Um, I think if you can just start to work into that mindset is a huge way because not everybody has the same lifestyle. Um, It wouldn't be fair for me to say, oh, I think everybody should stop using plastic. Right. Um, Because maybe people don't have that option. So I think what we all do have an option to do is just to slowly work towards a sustainable mindset. Right. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, I think I kind of have two answers, even though I literally said one thing. Um, but the first is that like, I wish everyone would at least talk about sustainability. Like I've read multiple times that the number one way to fight climate change is to educate. And I wish like this was just more of a frequent conversation. Like I want people to be more engaged just in general with the topic and like to educate. That's what I think everyone should do is just do the smallest thing to educate or to talk about it with someone else or like just discuss. And like you were saying, it's a discussion. So have these discussions. I think that's so important. Yeah, I think that's a great, great point. And I think to that point too, one of the biggest issues um, 
that needs to be talked about more in the realm of sustainability is environmental injustice and environmental mm. intersectionalism. Exactly. Um, yep. I can so, agree more. Yeah. And a lot of people, we just don't talk about that because it is a newer topic. And essentially, I guess for viewers who don't know, environmental injustice refers to kind of the correlation between environmental issues and social issues as well. So for example, um, maybe in a county, you find that the majority of landfills are located within a five mile radius of low income housing. And so the idea that the people who are being most affected by these environmental issues are often the ones that have the least amount of say or voice in the matter. Yeah, and or so, who are contributing the least. Yes, exactly. Um, and so bringing attention to that. And then intersectional environmentalism is kind of the crossover between um, a lot of social issues and environmental issues. So oftentimes, for example, if we talk about... Um, feminist issues and environmental issues, they will intersect. Um, and also issues of race as well. Mm -hmm. So for a lot of times we see that people who are most at risk from air quality pollution or um, different types of pollutants or environmental issues are ones who are female and black and between certain ages. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of correlations between the two. And in the past, we viewed environmentalism as the relationship between environmental issues and just people and now we're finding that there's a better way to categorize um, our population based on different demographics and seeing that we're not all impacted equally by climate issues mm -hmm. yeah there's so much to intersexual environmentalism and it's so it's actually incredibly fascinating how the issues online and i it's just such a important rising field that people are finally recognizing and yeah. I think having discussions and talking about climate more is going to bring that more to the light even yeah absolutely I definitely agree um but Sorry, then the other thing that I wish think everyone should do is along the lines of like what you were saying earlier um it's like use what you have and fix what you have I feel like we've fallen into this horrible societal habit of like something breaks and you throw it away. Like people don't repair things anymore. And I think that could be a huge step that everyone could do is just like think about repairing instead of replacing where you can. Um, and then using what you have first. Like a lot of people wanna go out and like buy the new sustainable bamboo straws and the toothbrushes and all that. But you like use what you have to its capacity first. That's like the most sustainable thing you can do is use what you have before you make any switches. Right. I think that's a excellent point. Yeah. So those are my two. Next question then. What's, I don't even know if I want to share mine. What's your strangest sustainable practice? I feel like you put this question in here just so you could talk about this one that you have. I might give a different answer. You don't know. Uh, I don't know what I have as strangest. I don't even know. <laughs> you don't have like a compost pile hiding in your parents' backyard or I don't think that's strange though. Maybe we I just have a different perspective on what's strange. Or the um, most different, the most like off-brand thing you do. Like this like just something most people don't do but you do. <laughs> um I don't know, maybe like Oh, this is the only one I can think of. I don't even know if it's that strange, but like storing like food and leftovers, like I will never use like a plastic bag or plastic wrap. So I feel like since it's not the conventional like norm, people view that as like weird. Like I'm always. Yeah. All your stuff is like always in jars or like yeah, little like cans or tins. Yeah. Like it's yeah. Yeah. And people are like, oh, why would you do that kind of thing? That's a good one. You know what I did for a little while that people thought was strange um, that just came to mind? Um, when I briefly was living in D.C., I made a big point to bring my own takeout containers to restaurants. Yeah, mm -hmm. I've done that before, too. And sometimes it is uncomfortable, but, like, once you start, it, it's better. 
I just remember one time I was at this Asian restaurant and when um, I started packaging up my own food, they were like losing it. They were like, oh, so cool. You brought your own. <laughs> I was like, is it that funny? I was also by myself. So I was like, wow, I feel uncomfy. Yeah. I mean, see, I think it all depends on like the people you're with. Like when I say I don't want a plastic bag, people are like, what? Yeah, sometimes people are, like, shocked. Also, can I just really quick, since you said that, bring up a pet peeve of mine? I already know what it is, and it's one of mine, too. If I go to the grocery store (laughs) and I ask for paper bags, why would you possibly put a plastic bag under it? Yeah, or if I say I don't want a plastic bag, please do not tell me that you know better and still give me a plastic bag. Yeah. That's happened to me multiple times. Oh my God. But like, seriously, I asked for brown paper bags and then they give me both. It's like, wow, that's double the waste now. Thank you. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. The exact opposite of what I wanted. Um, But then, okay. I'm not going to share my strangest one because I really think it's too weird to say on I here. Really but then, I feel like it's that weird, Hannah. Okay. Well then I'll just share all of mine because, okay. The other like kind of, I mean, it's not weird. I just, a lot of people don't do it. Um, is I get a refillable cat litter bucket I don't think that's weird at all that's actually amazing and I think yeah but it's just like strange and not really strange just like a lot of people don't do it um but it's amazing it's also so much freaking cheaper Petco it's like five bucks to refill every time Lauren if you're listening I'm gonna need you to do this and the litter quality is like perfectly fine it's not I mean it's nothing special it's not like pretty litter that changes color based off of your cat's yeah ammonia levels in the air like it's normal litter but it's like works well and yeah yeah, can you just explain that a little bit more to people who are listening like what the the pretty of what what is sorry the process of like using like what you do for your litter oh yeah so um at petco they i feel like if you've ever been inside a petco you've seen it's like a giant freaking sandbox of litter i don't know because i've gone to petco and i've never seen this like i didn't know really until you said it yeah so i don't think it's that commonly known Okay, so maybe you need to be looking in the cat section a little more because once you find it, like once you see it, you're like, okay, that's it. <laughs> and the first time you purchase, you buy like a bucket that's already full. And it's more expensive the first time because I don't know, I guess you're paying for the bucket too. But then after that, you come back, you go to that little sand pit and you just refill your bucket, <laughs> take it back to the counter, and it's like more than half the price off. Oh my gosh, the fact that you call it a sand pit. <laughs> That's like really what it looks like. I know. Next I wonder, time I get litter, I I'm gonna take how a picture. Many, like, little kids have tried to go in there thinking it was like a sandbox. Oh, I'm sure it is a little high up because I bet you, I bet you kids do try to play in there. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That's like one little thing that I do, like kind of quietly. Like it's just a random thing that's more sustainable that I do, and I don't know. I like it. It's a good one for cat owners out there. When I first got my cat, Tilly, I was obsessed with being a sustainable pet owner. Um, Like, I researched everything, like, litter and, like, food and, like, how to be the most sustainable. Um, And I tried to cook for him for a while because, like, that's the best way to feed your animals. He would not go near it. He wanted nothing to do with my my rice cooked in chicken broth. He was not about it. That's so weird. Like, I can picture feeding – like, I fed Tuck before – food but I just cannot imagine feeding a cat a rice cat. right yeah like, no that it did didn't not work. seem right it, it no it's way easier to feed dogs like with home-cooked food but um yeah so at least I could stick to the litter stuff because the food was not the move <laughs> no it's also extremely time consuming yeah exactly exactly I don't have time for that I don't even cook for myself yeah yeah <laughs> Okay, so I guess since we've been, like, hinting at it the whole time, I will say the strangest thing I do, which you don't think is that strange. And other people probably do it. Um, Also, actually, in other countries, they definitely do this. Because I've been in bathrooms abroad, in fact, in South Africa, where there were signs. Um, Basically, if you go to the bathroom, (laughs) if it's yellow, let it mellow. If it's brown, flush it down. And it saves water. Mm -hmm. It does. Um. It sounds so bizarre, but but it's, it's like, actually... If it's your personal bathroom, like, it's not. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, don't be doing this at other people's houses. That's weird. (laughs) But, like, working from home, like, it's not that weird, you know? Um, 
but like, yeah, like in South Africa, that actually wasn't a public bathroom that I saw that. Um, but it's because they have such a water crisis there. Yeah, I don't remember seeing those signs. It was, I actually remember exactly where it was. It was at the bathrooms in the botanical gardens, and I don't think you went in. Oh, okay, okay. Which is why, yeah, <laughs> which is why you probably don't remember. Gotcha, makes sense. Um, but yeah, so that is definitely the strangest thing I do. But hey, save water, shower together, you know. <laughs> Oh, Hannah. <laughs> All right. This is my last. From Hannah. I love it. Yeah, right. I give. So, Tori is out here giving facts and actual <laughs> good tips. And I'm like, don't flush your pee. <laughs> it's all that. Okay. It's last okay. question. What's a big sustainable step you want to take in your life that you haven't yet or just like aren't able to yet? Mm, this is a tough one. Um. I feel like I think this is more a future one. And we've talked about this earlier in the podcast with being a homeowner one day. I would love to be able to innovate like a bunch of sustainable technologies into my future home. Right. So like, yeah. My- um, so like anything from not only solar panels, but using like a tankless water heater, um, I don't know. There's a lot of cool technology out there. Um, we just got these, my parents just got these windows installed that are hurricane proof, but they're also really great on reducing heat transfer in. Um, and they actually have, I think my stepdad said this, not hundred percent sure how true this is, but they use Aragon gas in between the, the actual glass panes and that prevents heat from going through. And I've noticed a huge difference. But there's a lot of really cool wow. green building techniques. So I think I would love to explore that a little bit more. Yeah. My answer was uh, getting solar panels on my house. Um, you had a lot more than me. But I um, recently, like, was in an actual, like, Tesla. They're not dealerships. They're just, like, stores. Um, and I was looking at their solar panels. And, like, first of all, they're afford- like they're definitely affordable. And um, I think I would seriously get Tesla solar panels specifically because, like, the way their technology is and, like, the way it's all set up is so simple and easy that, like, I feel like if I wanted to install them on this apartment, I could okay. do it today. I don't really know much about theirs, but, but that sounds really cool. Yeah. Well, I honestly only learned a lot because I was in the store and I, like, was – I, like, watched all the videos and, like, went through the program. Like, the it's just a computer that tells you everything about it. It's like the salespeople don't even talk to you. Tesla's too expensive really for that. Insane. Wow, sounds like <laughs> Yeah, it was insane. Also an electric car one day, but that goes back to using what you have. I don't need to just switch to an electric car. That would be way yeah, more wasteful um, than just driving my, my car parents, out. Well, my mom and my stepdad drive hybrids. And my mom has nice. a Toyota Nero, which I didn't really know much about. So it's not just like your typical Prius, but I mean, she gets the same gas mileage. She's anywhere between 60 to 50 miles per gallon. Wow. Yeah, I hadn't heard of that one either. But I also have seen a lot more dealerships are coming out with full Mm -hmm. electric cars too. Yeah, it's definitely getting growing. So yeah. All right. What else, Tori? Um, I just want to end with a couple sustainability uh, actions, I guess. And I know, again, we said that we didn't want to do just like the typical, like bring your own bag kind of thing. Um, but there's a lot of small things that you can do that may- maybe you haven't thought of that aren't necessarily really mainstream. And I just want to share a couple of those with you. So, and these are all things I've done so far this year. Um, so I can vouch for them. But the first thing I did was delete a bunch of my junk emails. And this may not totally seem like how it relates to sustainability, but again, if you are using the storage space, um, you're using the energy required to store everything. And if you're like me, I had over like 3000 junk emails. Um, So deleting those was very helpful. Yeah, that's a good one. When you shared that information on your Instagram about how much like cloud storage actually impacts the environment, I had no idea. Like I had never really thought about that. Because first of all, computers and like data and storing like really is kind of beyond my brain capacity. So I never really thought about the fact that it'd be yeah, using energy. I, know. I didn't really either until I read that article. Um, and if you guys are even more advantageous, deleting your photos. 
because if you're like me, I have so many just pointless photos, like photos of like documents or screenshots or just I could delete so much on my phone. So that is next for me. But right now, it's a little. little yeah. I feel like everyone can stand to delete a few photos from their phone. There's definitely stuff in there you yeah. don't need or look at. First of all, if you have a video of fireworks, <laughs> I'm going to need you to go ahead and delete that. When have you ever rewatched a video yeah, you've taken of absolutely. fireworks? And- <laughs> I think no, it's I'm so, so dumb. Um, again, this goes back to like the whole <laughs> intentional living. Like if all like you don't need 15 photos of a flower or like of a museum you went to or something like that. Like, if you are way more intentional and making sure that each photo is actually adding value, um, it's going to be way easier, first of all, just to even look through your photos and find things. But also, it's just going to be a nice way to clear things out. Like, you don't need to give it space if it's not providing you with value. Right. I think you'd be surprised how good it feels to kind of clean stuff out of your phone yeah. if you haven't like, I feel before. Like I am the opposite of a hoarder. I'm just like get rid of it all yeah any of it like it feels so good to get rid of things and then I'm like oh wait yeah you're the opposite of a hoarder actually on one of our bonus episodes I remember Emma and I were talking about how we save some of our clothes for like our future children and you're like oh I guess that would have been a good idea if I didn't throw away all my high school stuff never crossed my mind never (laughs) okay another thing is signing up for the national do not call registry so Oh, yes. And this is also really helpful too. Um, I would be lying if I said it was 100% effective because I still get spam calls on the regular, but this helps. Um, And then (laughs) you're still not just using that additional energy that it takes, you know, resources as well. So I think that goes along with emails, um, but it's really, really, really easy to do. You just look it up online and it's completely free. I also did this for my junk email and junk mail. For mail, you have to pay a $2 fee to the post office, but they stopped sending you all those pesky flyers. And that again, saves a lot of resources as well. I did not know about that one. Like I'm yeah. going to go do that today because yeah, I just don't want junk mail. Yes, website. That's awesome. Um, so I think all of those, and this is stuff that is so feasible and takes like very limited time. You can do it right off your computer. Um, so if you're ever feeling like, oh my gosh, I need to do something, like these are great small action steps. Yeah, I literally love all of those. Like I said, you're like great about sustainability. Like you know all the little <laughs> secrets. You're the one person who can speak above like reusable bottles, reusable <laughs> bags. Like you always oh, have. I'm trying. Um, one of the other things too I've been doing this year since with oops with COVID um there's been a lot of downtime and I've been reading a lot more than normal but I've been making a point to buy used books instead of new books which again is great anytime you can buy uh used thrifted whatever it be it's going to be a thousand times better than buying it from new yeah um and I know we talked about you had talked about your tips with your cat for the reusable litter From the dog perspective, and I guess this could apply for cats too, I actually did this the other day. I went to Goodwill and I bought a ton of stuffed animals for my dog and they were like 99 cents and I just Mm -hmm. threw them in the wash and then gave it to him. Um, And so that's a great way instead of buying dog toys. That's, yeah, that's a great one. And actually when I was trying to be the sustainable cat owner, um, it like some of the, it recommended like don't buy them toys they will literally play with it like a yeah shoestring absolutely and like my dog literally goes through a toy in two days like he especially if it's like a stuffed one he will like skin it like he will rip out all the stuffing yeah yeah so I'm like I don't a want to invest in the value of buying these toys if they're just gonna get torn apart but also um it's a great way to just put things back into use you know rather than in a store yeah and I feel like stuffed animals are a particularly good thing to buy because I don't feel like a lot of people buy used stuffed animals for their kids Mm -hmm. you know I don't think that's super super common um so getting that other use out of them is just really a great idea um and then there's a couple I just have three more that I really want to talk about so donations I know that we 
normally as a society, if we don't want something, we think that the best charitable option is to donate it to Goodwill. Um, but in a lot of times, it doesn't always make it into the stores for resale. A lot of it gets thrown out and there's still a lot of waste generated. So a better way to guarantee that your object, whatever it be, is actually getting repurposed and reused is to find a specific donation service or friend or somebody that's in need um, and give it to them because you know that they are going to use it. So I think one of the ways I did this most recently is when I was in Jacksonville, I moved a lot of things on my storage unit. Again, I opposite of the hoarder, I was like, let me get rid of a bunch of stuff. And so I gave some to friends, I gave some to family, different furniture pieces that um, I knew that they would love. I sent them a bunch of pictures and I was like, what do you want? Do you want anything? And so I delivered it to them and I know that they are using it. So waste. Right. Yeah. I like that. And you know, something along those lines too is like, consider setting up like clothing swaps or book swaps with your friends. Like, first okay. of all, super fun. And like, it's a good way to make sure those items are getting used. It's a different yeah, way to absolutely. donate. Like That's a really said. good point because everybody has old clothing and probably extra books that they have read and they're just sitting on the shelf. Right. Um, so yes. I like that. And then lastly, again, being more intentional with your actions. So kind of going into that sustainable mindset. I have I was cleaning out my old clo- my closet and I have my old prom dresses in there from high school. Um, and so rather than just donating for goodwill or selling them online, I looked up a specific local charity that does, um, they collect a bunch of prom dresses and they have like almost an open store for people who can't afford prom dresses during season. And they allow them to try them on and just give them the dress. And so I ended up donating my and my sister's old prom dress to that local organization. So again, making taking an extra step to make sure that that item is going to the end user and it's getting used. And also like, it's just an amazing program to be part of. Yeah, that's really cool. I love that. That's so nice. I definitely have heard of um, like prom dress collections before. I think you can definitely find those around the country. So that's definitely something to look into for anyone who might still have their prom dress. I know I do. (laughs) I still fit in mine. I tried it on in October actually. (laughs) Well, I was, um, I found mine when we were moving out of my mom's house in New Jersey and some of my high school friends were there and they're like, try it on. Yeah. So yes, yeah, I had nobody there. It so was fun. Was like, not reliving this. Um, <laughs> I totally would have made you try um, it. But along that note too, I've also found places to, there's a company um, that you can recycle your old bras to. So you just have to pay for the postage and then you can mail it in and they use your old bras to make new ones, which is really cool. Um, also my contact lenses, I use dailies. So it creates a lot of waste, um, but clear blue, I think. No, I'm, I'm lying. It's, I don't remember the name. I'll have to find it for you guys. Um, but again, you can just send in your empty plastic casings and they will recycle them. So they have a recycle back program and they will reuse them as well. So again, anything going back, I'll stress it one more time, but that sustainable mindset, here's my action where I have the chance to shift, you know, my waste generation or whatever it be that's not necessarily sustainable um, and taking that opportunity to do so. And that's all my tips, but there's a lot out there. Those are amazing. Yeah, I really liked all your tips. Um, I think sometimes maybe it does take that one extra step, but, um, you know, how long does that extra step of Googling a different donation place really take? So you guys got to do what you can, do your best. Like, I think there there's this thing that's gone around on, like, Instagram and Facebook and stuff that you don't have to be perfect. Like, just be imperfectly – be an imperfect activist. Maybe you're not a vegetarian, but – you always remember your reusable grocery bags. I don't know. It's just like, do your best and, yeah. and know that that's enough. Than nothing. So, and like you said, like, it's always a learning process. So you might be doing something that is great. Like recently 100%. I was donating <clears throat> monthly to a conservation organization. I ended up looking them up and realizing that they weren't that great. They actually had some um, issues where they, 
made some racist racist comments and so I stopped donating to them um, but at the time I thought I was doing a great service and then as I learned more my views changed um, so again it's always going to be a learning process but the learning mm -hmm. I agree so I hope everyone finds a little way to celebrate earth on earth day show your love for it um even if it's just like you were saying it's as simple as just having discussions about this stuff. Um, so yeah, I hope everyone has a good Earth Day. I will be in Disney on Earth Day, so <laughs> yes. I will be Maybe having fun. Do something sustainable at Disney. Yeah, like, <laughs> like not don't eat, eat there at don't all. drink, don't buy anything. Um, yeah, all of those. I do always feel a little guilty when I'm at Disney. It's like in certain situations, like what am I supposed That's to good. do? I mean, I bring a water bottle. You know, I don't buy water, but I mean, all their food stuff is disposable and that always feels yeah. poopy, but it is what it is sometimes. Like I'm saying, you can only do your right. best. And, yeah, I think that you know. as long as you're trying. Yeah. Alrighty, guys. Remember to rate, subscribe, and review. I know. I always I forget like, wow, to say that, so I'm so excited legit. I remembered. <laughs> um, Follow us on Instagram at WaitWhyPodcast. And also you can email us, WaitWhyPodcast at gmail.com. And yeah, we'll be back with another episode And if you guys have May, any other crap. ways that we didn't mention, any things that you do to help um, or any sustainable actions, please share them with us. We love hearing about this stuff. We love hearing you guys' feedback. Um, yeah, so feel free to reach out to us on any of our platforms. And we hope... To have you guys again exactly. see you guys not see you guys um but yeah also i was gonna say real quick check out our stories on earth day because yeah, we might be, be well, doing something well. fun tbd <laughs> yeah. all right guys yeah we'll, we'll see you next time or whatever <laughs> bye